0: Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Adam Miller and today I'm joined by Chris Doyle. On today's pod we'll be talking about the old firm ticket allocation controversy, looking ahead to this week's Europa League matches and discussing Celtic's activity in the transfer window. So, former Rangers player Charlie Miller created a bit of debate today when he said, Last year I would have restricted the fans 100% because they were too far ahead of us. We were giving them every opportunity to give us a doing in our own stadium, with 7,000 of them celebrating behind one goal. But this year, it's closer, and I'd have given them the Celtic end back. If Rangers think they've come as far as they believe they have, let's make it a proper derby. It's the closest it's been for years, in my eyes. So Rangers significantly cut Celtic's ticket allocation last season, and Celtic responded in kind. Chris... With an eagerly anticipated derby coming up on Sunday, do you think it's time to move on from this and restore the full allocation for away fans?
1: Yeah, I do. I was I'm you know, kind of like um outside perspective, kinda of disappointed that happened in the first place just with it. I think it kinda of adds um a bit more to an old firm game having sort of the away su- like a larger away support. Mm-hmm. Um But it, I think what you said important what you said that was important there was he said they changed it because they were given us a bit of a doon. <laughs> I think that's essentially why you know why Rangers did it was they w- had a bad run of uh, games against Celtic, Ibrox, where they were getting dominated, and then they just decided to do it to ho- in the hope that it would change kind of the pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think that you know they've they've won their you know their last two games, Ibrox or whatever, um, because of you know because of the allocation that may have played a part, but I actually just think at that time that Rangers were, Celtic were just so much better than, than Rangers um, under Rodgers, you know, like invincibles. And mm-hmm. um, I just think the, the kind of the, that level is just kind of, or the, the gap that's just, it's just um, came, came in since Jeddah's basically came to the, uh, you know, taking over the club. So I'm not quite sure that it's actually because they were, you know, that's, the, the allocation cut, I don't think it's played that big a part. I actually just think that... So, I, I definitely think they should bring it back because it's just like having, like it was if it's, what, 700? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just... It's just... I feel like that's just too short for... In terms, like, it was always a good thing at Old Firm game having more of the fans yep. there because it was such a big, big game and then it just gave that kind of, I don't know, added a
0: kind of extra feel to it. Some Rangers fans have said that the atmosphere at Ibricks is now more intimidating for Cel- uh, for Celtic players... And the fact that, as you alluded to, Rangers won both derbies at Ibrox last season suggests there could very well be something in that. Chris, do, do you not think that that Celtic players should be capable of withstanding the noise of an extra few thousand Rangers fans?
1: Well, I think that's just it. I mean, when they were Celtic were winning those games, like, obviously, it doesn't really... It just depends how the game's going. It doesn't actually matter how many fans are in there. You yeah. know, it's going to be... If Celtic are lo- uh, were losing when they've got, you know, 700 or whatever, like the Rangers fans are going to be on, on top of them because they're they're going to be behind their team. So it's going to be intimidating no matter what. Yeah. So I'm just not quite sold on the fact that, you know, kind of less Celtic fans there is going to be harder for for Celtic or it's going to be, or even vice versa, when uh, less Rangers fans at Parkhead. It's a tough place to go anyway. I just think it's just the way that the, the game's going. That said, it's actually just kind of solely down to the fact that um, we're at, I think the Rangers are better than they were when they mm-hmm. were getting beat. And that's like that's reflected on, on the pitch, not yeah. really anything to do with the fans. So I just, I going back to your kind of your original question, like I think it should be kind of brought back and I think if, if, if the thing is, who's going to be that the, the first team to kind of make that gesture? Because obviously Rangers, the last time Celtic kind of reciprocated, yeah. but who's going to be the first one? Like maybe they should have a, you know, a discussion behind closed doors, but to bring it back.
0: Yeah. Um, do, you not, do you not think if, uh, if you're Steven Gerrard giving your team talk or even if you're sort of James and you're trying to G up your, your teammates mm-hmm. in the tunnel. Is there not, or would there not be an extra motivation if you're going out and obviously you've got that noise of the home support, but you've got seven, 8,000 mm-hmm. Celtic fans making a huge noise from the broom loan. If you, is that not a motivation as a manager, as a captain to say, let's go out and shut those guys up? Surely that would act, you know, if Celtic were restored to their mm-hmm. full allocation, that could act as an extra motivation. to Say, because it feels a bit petty just saying, "Well, we weren't doing well, so you're not you're not getting many tickets." Well, yeah,
1: and and even looking back to when there was that, that kind of those kind of party atmospheres, if was kind of when Celtic won uh, some of those games comfortably, you know, you had Listig with his you know his police hat and mm-hmm. you know Brown with bringing out sunglasses and things <laughs> like that. I mean, Jared surely i think i just thought that the way the rangers would have responded would have been like look what they did to our home turf yeah. you know completely like having a celebration rubbing it in, in our faces like let's we don't want to see that happen again yeah so but like instead of maybe like you using that as a motivation they were like they were just like no let's just cut the allegation. then um, mm-hmm. i think they c- it can definitely work in that favor to be like to be like look make sure yeah go shut them up um, I guess they don't have to deal with that as things stand but yeah. I don't know I still think like I think it's just the way I said games have, have gone out Celtic even if there's 700 I mean obviously they're not going to be as noisy but if things are going this kind of that Celtic's way like say on Sunday mm-hmm. I mean those fans are still going to be making making a lot of noise yeah. and that's still intimidating whereas because um, then the end of the day, it's an old firm derby but um, yeah I, t- I totally agree with your point
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, do you see this ever being resolved? This issue between Celtic and Rangers, or is this just going to be it from now on? Future generations of Rangers and Celtic fans will look back and go, "What, what do you mean we get the full of the broom loan?" You know, is this just going to be it from now on?
1: Yeah. I mean, as I said, it would have to be kind of a discussion behind closed doors, and I just I'm more likely to a case of like no one's going to be the bigger man in the yeah. you know in in this situation where it's go like right we'll do it and you do it and. Yeah, it's just, it seems like it was a little bit of pettiness kind of from both sides as well, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And do you kind of see that getting restored? From an outside perspective, you would like to see it, but I don't know, I I don't see it happening anytime soon, especially since off the back of maybe a Rangers perspective, you're right, some fans are, maybe they're saying like, oh, we've won the past few games, it must be that, it's more hostile, like you're saying. But in the grand scheme of things, I think it's just... Rangers are a better team than they were when they were losing to Celtic
0: yeah can you see this becoming a widespread practice for other clubs when it comes to derbies like other big derbies teams looking at what Rangers and Celtic have done and gone actually why do we need to give a full allocation to our rivals when they come and visit
1: well yeah well it kind of happened with um, Kilmarnock because in terms of their sort of um, cutting allocation for Rangers last season and Mm -hmm. I just I think that's just going to, well, if it's going to harm smaller clubs in terms of like, you know, you've got to get the money in for, like, at the end of the day, you're playing old farm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, you're you're not going to, it's going to be a little bit balanced in terms of the sort of the support that's there. But I think for them, they need to kind of get the money in. They've yeah. got to look at that. And yeah, I don't know. Can you imagine like a Hibs Hearts and, you know, there's just been a tiny corner as well? Do you, I just don't think that. Like Derby's, I know it's home and away, but I just I feel like that can kind of add to that there. There's more fans there mm. because that's just it's one of those things that if things aren't going away. Then it's almost going to seem like all of a sudden you're at a home a home game, and then if, if you're losing, it turns to as if as if like you're you're not on your home ground anymore. So yeah. I hope I hope we don't see other other clubs kind of resorting to it because at the end of the day I think it well, has just been pettiness out Rangers-Celtic so I'm hoping they, they see that and think we're not going to resort to those kind of drastic measures.
0: Yeah, I'm sure if our Kelly supporting colleague Gaby was here <laughs> he would point out the fact that uh, Kelly didn't give their rivals Air United a single ticket for a Premiership match last season. Okay, but... well so, so, maybe, so
1: maybe there's just a lot of pettiness in Scottish football.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, staying with ticket allocations. AIK Stockholm's marketing manager Fredrik Soderberg has said that Celtic were offered 2,500 tickets for tomorrow's Europa League second leg, but only took about 1,500. The Swedish side are aiming to attract their biggest ever European attendance since 33,000 fans watched them draw against Barcelona in 1997. That was at their old Rasunda Stadium. They now play their football at the brilliantly named Friends Arena, or Central Perk, as someone will surely refer to it tomorrow. Their biggest attendance there is 50,000 for a domestic match last November. Celtic go into the tie in a strong position following their 2 0 win in the first leg. But if AIK can pack out their stadium, do you see Celtic having a difficult night? Um, I think it will be difficult because any away tie I knew
1: that isn't easy. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if Celtic score, I think if they, if they get one away goal, um, then AIK would have to score four. So I think they've got to they've got to be a belief that they can go out and get that goal. You know, you can't just kind of sit back and just hope that you can... And I don't think you can trust Celtic's defence anyway. So I think you've got to go at them knowing that kind of Celtic have looked good going forward. But I think, yeah, as you're saying, like it could be, a, I think, the first half or the first even 20 minutes is really key just in yeah. terms of Celtic coming out um, and just... Yeah, I mean, AIK didn't look great last week. So I, I think it should be... A f- fairly I'd see Celtic going through um, but it all depends kind of in that kind of first 20 minutes I think they need to come out and kind of put their authority in the game put their stamp in the game um, and if they get a goal then it's tie over do you know what I mean and yeah. then you can start f- looking ahead to the game on Sunday maybe you know bringing off players like an hour into it. you don't want to be going in a half time maybe 1-0 down or something and then you've got a really big second half whereas if um, anything could happen so yeah. I think they've got to put the tie to bed kind of the first half an hour first half and then mm-hmm. they can look look forward to Sunday um, but yeah, 50,000 are going to be there. It's go- obviously going to be a, a hostile atmosphere, and it's probably going to be good pre- a good preparation for a lot of those. Um, these ca- The players are going to be coming into Iberks on Sunday, who like sort of old term debuts, you know, if it's Julian Bollingolli maybe plays, mm-hmm. will be sort of a good good test for them in terms of then it's a really important week
0: for, for Celtic for sure. Yep. The situation may have changed by the time this podcast goes out. It's currently Wednesday afternoon and Neil Lennon spoke last week about wanting to have two or three new signings in place by Tuesday so he could take them to Sweden. That's a sentence that I wrote about three minutes before finding out they'd signed Austrian right-back Moritz Bauer on a season-long loan deal from Stoke City. Before we got onto the subject of Bauer himself, that still only equates to one signing since Lennon's comments. Chris, given that relative lack of activity... Do you think Celtic fans are entitled to be frustrated going into tomorrow's game?
1: Yeah, I think that obviously fans are always going to be frustrated when there's maybe like sort of that uh, lack of urgency or whatever in the transfer window. But for Lennon to come out and say that last week, it's just given a little bit of false hope. Yeah, you do want to keep fans in the loop of what's happening, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to then mislead them. And I think Lennon could have, he didn't really need to come out and say that. Yeah. you know thinking that a lot of fans are very feeling very aggravated where are these players you know there's five days left obviously they did bring one through today but he was talking about two or three as you said so you got to think of like um i don't know if there's like a, a tactic that maybe you know you, there's a strategy behind him coming out yeah. and saying that but he doesn't necessarily need to um and yeah nothing's kind of materialized in terms of if that if he was talking about you know greg taylor um you know, uh, Melling from Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. Who knows? He didn't really... He didn't name names. Um, Obviously, maybe one of, one of those was Bauer that was in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, it's just... There's five days left and they're just leaving their business, to, you know, a bit too late. I think... Um, and that's, I think, Celtic fans' fears that they've just... They've not been quick enough to get business over the line. It's just been the story of, like the past few windows really mm-hmm. um, and totally opposite to to Rangers in terms of, like the past two seasons at least they've done
0: their business early yeah Bauer fell out of favour in the championship with Stoke last season personally I haven't seen him play you might well have done I don't know but does this strike you as a first team starter or a squad player uh,
1: definitely a squad player I think they've they paid obviously a little bit of a you know a couple of million for El Hamid right mm-hmm. back he's had a, obviously a few kind of niggling Knox and he's been out and iyer has been playing the right back and he's been actually brilliant in the past. I think he had like essentially like two man of the match performances against yeah, the yeah. IK in the end of the weekend. Um so but then end of the day Ayer's a centre half, so they're gonna be wanting to move him into his mm-hmm. uh preferred position, uh, despite how well he's played. So yeah, I kinda see him just uh they did need cover, you know, it's not just Lustig went out, you know, Gamboa went also. Yeah. Um I guess he was the kind of Back up to to Lustig last season, so it seems like he's he is going to be kind of a backup. I've not seen much of him, just like yourself, um, but I think they needed the numbers in. So you know, Celtic fans might not be like over like oh loan signing from a guy who only played eleven. I think it was eleven times for Stoke last season. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's just got, you've just got to wait and see. But it's, I think at this point it's just urgent for Celtic to get those numbers in because if both fullbacks they've been they're They're short there, and they need they just needed bodies in no matter kind of who they are, if you know what i mean are you
0: confident that as the end the end of the window approaches that Celtic are gonna get the signings they need over the line uh, I wouldn't say confidence um <laughs>
1: I think they do need to um or things could unravel uh quickly to be honest, especially with um you say a i k and then sort of well, the Rangers game on Sunday and then. The windows closes on monday so yeah. i think it's maybe even the next few days to give the team a boost even going into maybe the game of the weekend if they get maybe if it happens to be taylor you know i, f- I think the another left back is is an a absolute must and then do you mm-hmm. know what maybe he will he was saying he needed two or three before of the no maybe just like another kind of attacking you know maybe i think they're good for wingers but you know maybe even just like and our striker, maybe like, and our, you know, they didn't get a turn maybe like an attack in mid to really mm-hmm. just kind of boost the kind of, the players as well as the, the fan base because I do think there's yeah. a lot of negativity surrounding it in terms of off the back of that closure result. So, um, it's touch and go though because I said, as, as I said previously, they've left it very late and that, that means a lot of factors kind of come into it that yeah. you might not be able to control um, mm-hmm. in terms of like, just like players joining other clubs, you know, certain sort of, you know, just, negotiations like they're breaking down these things happen yeah yeah. so and now they've just left it to the last week and um i think they'll get a left back in anyway so but to be honest it it might just be it could just be from now on it could it could just be greg taylor and then that's it and yeah i think that would still go down as a pretty average
0: transfer window if i'm honest yeah so rangers go into tomorrow night's game against Legia warsaw level after a nil nil draw in poland last week as creditable as a draw in an intimidating stadium like Legia's is, there was a degree of frustration among Rangers fans that they didn't leave Poland with an away goal. With the knowledge that an away goal for Legia tomorrow night could make all the difference, how do you think Steven Gerrard's going to approach that game? Um, not that much differently, um, if I'm
1: honest. I mean, they were the better side, I think, over the majority of the game last week, Um and I think he'll just approach it similar to how he'll approach Sunday. Just, I think he'll come flying out the gates, tell his team to kind of press Legia make them uncomfortable and just kind of on the front foot, really. Um, and obviously that could leave uh, kind of spaces in behind, but I think Rangers are capable of scoring more than just the kind of solitary goal. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I'm kind of, I think they'll be able to put kind of, if they're at their best, like they... Um, They've, they have shown at times uh, the early stages this season they can put two or three past them. So I think, yeah, but then you on the flip side of it the, with Celtic, you know, you need to be tactically aware of the of the, the way it goes because that kind of came back to bite Celtic. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, there's pretty, in terms of his starting 11 and the way he sets up his teams, not much really kind of changes. He um, kind of knows, like, the way his team's playing and the best 11. So I just kind of see it... Um, yeah, like starting starting off very aggressively and just going right right into Legia's faces, and um, it should be enough to get it done. I'd say they're at home, and over the course of
0: looking looking after uh, uh, last week, they were the better side. Okay, um, you you touched on the fact that Gerard knows is our preferred eleven for the big big games. Rangers would obviously love to qualify for the Europa League group stages, but in the scheme of things, there can't be many Rangers fans who would prioritise a decent Europa League run over winning the league, given the importance of this season's league title in particular. Um, So Sunday's derby could be pivotal in terms of who wins the league this season. Will Steven Gerrard be tempted to rest any of the the key players from that? starting 11 with the weekend in mind or do you think he's just solely focused on Europa League um I
1: think he'll obviously he's been rotating
0: Morelos and Defoe
1: kind of mm-hmm. between these midweek and weekends um I think it's so it's early on in the season there's an international break after mm-hmm. I think there's a, there won't be many changes between the two they're both equally as important I think Gerard has went on record to be like I'm not going to sacrifice the Europa League for the league, or vice versa. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why he's went out and he's improved the depth of his squad. Mm-hmm. So he can make these changes in terms of, like, you know, last weekend, or if it's against East Fife in the Bedford Cup, he makes these changes. And, he's, uh, yeah, against Midden that he made, I think, five, still got the got the win. So yeah. I think, as it goes on to the season, if they get through to the group stages, then that's going to be interesting because that's potentially... European football, Thursday, Sunday football up until Christmas, then potentially, you know, it could even be further if they do well. Um, so that's going to test the squad then. But mm-hmm. this this point in point in time of the season, you know, you're v- very early on. I think you should be able to um, kind of put in the same 11 and then hopefully you're getting that good result and then you can just kind of keep that momentum going for yeah. Sunday. And that's the same with Celtic, I think, as well. I don't think there's going to be many changes. So I'd, I can see Morelos playing both and then kind of using Defoe as that kind of, maybe like an impact sub. Mm-hmm. Uh, things aren't going well and bring in late late stages, but obviously I think Morella's starting, although he's not scored, I think it was in nine, nine old firm games, mm-hmm. It's a bit of a, obviously that's a worrying uh, stat, but he's he's the main main guy for Gerrard, so um, yeah, I, I don't see much changes, and I think he's completely right f- uh, to kind of not prioritise either. I know mm-hmm. there's going to be that pressure from the fan base to be like, we need to stop nine in a row, but the, the allure of European football to bring in... Um, players um you know new signings in the future mm-hmm. um i think that is a big attraction um for g- getting good quality players in and then yeah. you look also the obviously not as much money as the champions league but the financial kind of benefits of kind of winning these games in europe's getting to the group stages and going further that's big for rangers so yeah. i don't think you can kind of put either or to one side
0: okay so what's your prediction for rangers leg here tomorrow
1: uh, I'll go 3-1
0: Rangers. And for AIK Celtic? I'll go maybe one each, I think. One oh. each. Okay. So that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm, just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at oldfirmfacts One. And Chris on Bye Chris Doyle. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.